0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Well, good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening whenever you might be listening to this podcast, sure appreciate you tuning in. it is again a humbling honor it really is the only reason i'm doing the podcast i've said before is so folk can come to know the person and the power of the holy Spirit so and speaking of morning afternoon, and evening, guess what that would be an example of shalosh. Now, if you're new to the podcast, you're thinking, what did he just say? <laughs> it's a Hebrew word for three, but it's not the number three. It's a Hebrew word for the concept of three. C- incredible, powerful, beautiful, amazing supernatural word, I think, because it means that three has been woven into our fabric of all of creation. Why? It goes back to Genesis 1, the creation story, let us make man in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that image is found everywhere throughout mankind in nature. Also, we, as just simply mankind, doesn't we don't even have to be redeemed. Secular, The secular world, all kinds of shaloshas, all kinds of examples. The last couple of podcasts, I've invited you to, uh, to send them in. And several of you have been texting and sending them in. I just lay it out there again. Keep looking, keep thinking, keep sending your examples of shalosh. Examples of three. Again, how many layers of the skin for the human body? Three layers of skin. Uh, How many bones in the ear? Three. Uh, On and on and on and on. Uh, Colors in the traffic light? Three. How many medals in the Olympics? Three. Uh, A couple of examples just this week. Um, How many wishes do you make? At a birthday cake, Uh, you make three wishes, or you you find a bottle, a genie in a bottle. How many wishes? You have three wishes. Um, Also, again, morning, afternoon, evening, uh, breakfast, lunch, supper. So just on and on and on, you will find the seasons of three or themes of three, which are called Shalosh. It is the fabric of three, or the again, just the wovenness of three. So, appreciate uh, those texts. Keep them coming. It's fun. Just keep looking. Pay attention. Pay attention to the, the theme of three. Pay attention to shalosh, if you will. All right, and thank you again for uh, tuning in, and thank you so much for all the prayers and support. Had a great time for those that were able to make the gala last Saturday uh, for the Joshua Center, first ever... Never before, never again. Had an incredible time. We are so excited. Uh, really are just kind of humbled and excited that the book, The Person and the Power, the uh, 52-week devotional, 7-day-a-week Bible study with video that goes with each devotion. So there will be 52 videos, about 7 minutes each. That will be ready by the end of this month. And we are in uh, the... Well, here it is... Uh, well the podcast comes out on Friday so November 10th and we are just literally 3 weeks away basically from the book being able to be purchased and ordered and so crazy it really is speaking of crazy if you were at the the gala you already know this <laughs> I'm still stunned i'm still it's still so surreal the 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 first proof copy was sent to me what three weeks ago? So all that it's all that means is it's all the errors. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's just in its raw form, but it still has the the cover that's going to have. And so I'm working through the book and making sure that we make the corrections we need to make. So we decided they the folks that were organizing the gala actually decided let's auction. Let's just have some some fun. Let's auction the book. <laughs> I was so scared. I said you know because it looks like it's going to retail for fifteen ninety nine. Uh, and I just said, you know, I, I just wanted to go for 16 bucks, <laughs> you know, I just, if you can go like just right over the, the price, you know, I'm afraid it's going to go at 50 cents, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, the bidding started and didn't stop until $1,000, <laughs> the book went for $1,000, <laughs> somebody's crazy. And there are several there, there are different people bidding. So it wasn't just one person, but one person finally finally outbid everyone else. Anyway, I appreciate that so much. I know all that money will go to the ministry of the Joshua Center, but it was um, again, added to the surrealness of the moment. All right, enough of all that. Let's jump into finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So the first two podcasts in this series, We've been looking at Genesis. Guess what? We stay in Genesis. Imagine that. But the first two were more positive. You know, Genesis 1 2, the Holy Spirit hovering and the Holy Spirit creating and, and the Holy Spirit doing an incredible work of creativity. And that's where we find the, 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 the shalosh. Uh, interestingly, we find shalosh right there in the very heart of Genesis 1 uh, 1 and 2. The earth was formless, void, and dark. Three things, imagine that. And then when you look at the word hover, we looked at this two weeks ago, it means three things, to soften, to break, and to fertilize. So just even in the definition of what the Holy Spirit was doing is shalosh. And so last week we took a look at breathing, this breath, the nostril. And it was a different word, right? You remember that? It was a different word than uh, than, sh- than, than ruach. And we're going to go back to ruach here today, the, the Hebrew word for breath of God or spirit of God. So, but But last week we looked at breathing and we looked at breathing life in. We looked at the valley of dry bones and all that unfortunately this week we have to look at the heart uh, a little bit of a harder uh, place where the spirit is is moving and it, we find this in Genesis 6 so the fall has happened Genesis 3 right and then we go a few chapters and and we see this escalation of evil and this escalation of wickedness and I just want to make sure that we read we're going to read uh, at least well seven eight verses. We're gonna just I want to give you the context. We're gonna look at verse three in Genesis six. That's where you find Ruroch, But but we got to give you the context. All right. So context in verse uh, six or chapter six verse one. The people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. Now this gets a little weird really quick. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took. Any they wanted as their wives. So that's verse two. Now look at verse three. Then the Lord said, "My spirit, Ruach, my Ruach, will not put up with." We're going to look at that word very in, in, in depth here in just a few minutes. So my spirit. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Your translation may have different translations or different wording, but that's okay because we'll, we'll talk about all the different translations here in just a second or all the different meanings and definitions of this Hebrew word. But my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. So let me make sure we stop there for just a second. There's some debate and controversy about what does that mean. Does that mean that at that point, uh, no one else is going to live over one hundred and twenty years? Two reasons that I don't think that's what that means is: is one, if you look further in, uh, in in Genesis, you actually will find people who have lived longer than that, even past this. Um, specifically, Noah and his sons, um, and so you'll see that, and and you'll 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 just find that I don't think that's what. Uh, necessarily, that means uh, as far as far as and, and the other thing is, we know modern day of people who live to be 122 years old. So, could it mean about? Could it mean no one's gonna? You know, your lifespan. You're not gonna be Methuselah. <laughs> no one's gonna be Methuselah no more. Methuselah, uh, six hundred, uh, almost seven hundred years old, right? Or eight hundred? Um, uh, I have to look that up. Uh, you looked that up. Figure out what that. I think I uh, can't remember what how old he was now, but he was the oldest man living, right? And um, uh, I think I have it right here. Anyway, you can look that up. Oh, there it is. Uh, nine hundred and sixty-nine years old. That's what I thought. I thought it was up to a thousand almost. So nine hundred and sixty-nine years old. Now this is now again this is Genesis five, so it's before Genesis six, but there is no, there's not going to be any longer lifespan. Some people see that verse as that. I don't know about that. I, I if you look at the Noah narrative and you look at the the, 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 put that genealogy together, could it mean? And I think this is where I lean toward, where the this culture that God is speaking to right here in Genesis six is not going to last longer than 120 more years, because that's going to be the when the flood happens. So we know that that fits that pretty closely with the time frame that Noah has to build the ark and all that. So, could mean either one of those, but I, I do believe that regardless, the key is not getting stuck on 120 years. The key is, my spirit will not put up with humans for, for such a long time. Now, it still gets a little weird here in verse 4. In those days, and for some time after, great Nephilites lived on the earth, are descendants of Nephilim. For whenever the sons of God, we believe those are fallen angels, okay, demons, but demons are fallen angels. For whenever the sons of God, and in the Hebrew it's like the angels, had intercourse with women, natural women, um, and thats I think that's pretty, that's pretty important. You've got spirit and flesh merging together. And I think you're going to see this here as we go further in this podcast. You're going to see how spirit and flesh are supposed to go together, but how spirit and flesh are always going to. There's going to be always that tension when you merge a supernatural realm with a natural realm. You when you merge a spirit into a flesh, uh, there's always going to be some 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 issues. But but it, but that is what God wants now, and we're going to see this and jump in the head here a little bit. But that we're going to see this. But do we? Is he striving with us? Is he putting up with us, or are we are we allowing the spirit in our in, to, to occupy our flesh? So uh, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times, uh, and it goes on to t- talks about a descendant of giants, um, and we. As we, if you play this out and you look at this, uh, go through all throughout, throughout Scripture, Old Testament, you'll actually see that David uh, fought one of the descendants of the Nephilites, or uh, the, the tribes, um, the descendants of the giants, and, and that would be, of course, uh, Goliath. So, uh, the Lord observed, verse 5, the extent of human wickedness on the earth. Look at, look at this. Look, listen to this language. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently... And totally evil, golly, guys! Everything consistently, totally—that's that's evil. Verse six. So the Lord was sorry that He had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke His heart. I can't even read that without breaking, without getting a little emotional. Whew, last part of verse six again in the NLT, but more importantly in the Hebrew it it says the breaking of Yahweh's heart that's what it says it's the it go, it lend, it, tend, it, lend it to the breaking of Yahweh's heart oh we just don't want to break God's heart Whew, come on we just don't want to break God's heart and this is why it's so 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 important to allow the spirit of God into our flesh if you will now the spirit is spirit so spirit the spirit of God fills our spirit okay but where does our spirit reside in flesh God John you know remember John 1 John God became flesh dwelt among us right so we're wrapped in flesh and the spirit that our spirit that God has given us from creation from con- from conception we were given a spirit from God and and the holy spirit has to live in that spirit okay so that's very clear in 1 Corinthians that spirit has to go to the spirit flesh goes to flesh spirit goes to spirit so spirit does not live in flesh but the spirit lives within the spirit which is encased in flesh does that make sense but we have a fleshly nature so there's two way i'm using the word flesh two different ways okay flesh is the the the, the you can touch it right now just touch your arm touch your leg touch your face you're touching flesh that's the physical flesh and then there's the carnal flesh or the spiritual flesh does that make sense and that is what we're going to look at here about why god why this why is Why is the Holy Spirit having to put up with us? You do not want the Ruach of God to put up with you. Okay, You want to accommodate, give permission, make room, and and, and surrender to the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God. And in order to do so, you must, and this is what Paul talks about all all throughout so many of his letters, about how, come on guys, you already know this, right? The Spirit is willing, finish it. The flesh is weak, exactly, and what that talks about is the flesh of the spiritual flesh. It's so weak, but we just don't. Our growth pattern. We want. We just don't want to cause the the Holy Spirit to have to strive with us. All right. All right. So there's the context of of verse three. So let's look at verse three a little bit more uh, in in in, uh, in detail here. So this word, uh, this, my spirit is indeed. Uh, that means um, uh, that's Rurok. Okay, let me read to you. And I, I don't know if you're Star Wars fans or not, but Yoda, come on, Yoda. Uh, there is no try, just do. So uh, try, so uh, try not, just do. So he has this way of speaking, right? I know that was a horrible Yoda. So, but here, so Hebrews is uh, the, the language of Hebrew, Greek not so much. Hebrew especially, there is a, a, a Yoda like. Quality to the to the Hebrew language, so let me read to you Genesis six three exactly as it's written in Hebrew. Okay, and said Yahweh, not shall strive my spirit with man forever, for indeed he is flesh, and yet shall be his days a hundred and twenty years. That's exactly how it's written in the Hebrew language. Okay, word for word, phrase for phrase. So uh, said Yahweh, not shall strive my spirit with man forever, for he, indeed he is flesh. So that word, did you hear it? Shall strive. That's the word puts up with. All right, so let's look at this. Um, in the Hebrew language, that word is deen or, or, or it could be pronounced yadin. Yah being, uh, especially in this case, Yah being a, a prefix for what? Yahweh, God striving. So uh, and so, but it's the ruach of God. You got to pay attention. This is my spirit. So God, Yahweh, is speaking about His ruach striving, deen. All right, um, and so this word dean uh, means to defend, dispute, execute judgment, govern, to plead, to quarrel, to vindicate, or again to strive. That's what it, that's what the whole kind of the heart of it could mean. And in this case, it means quarrel and strive. So in this particular, uh, as you look through, as you do some study in Hebrew, and I, I guess I encourage you all, I encourage you all to continue to uh, learn, uh, to, to, to really work with, with um, uh, Hebrew and Greek. You don't need to be a scholar. You don't need to go seminary to know how to use Hebrew and Greek language. But I'm going to tell you guys, it literally just opens up a whole understanding a whole new door, uh, and, and a whole new, um, idea of what, uh, of what the word means when you actually get into the original language. I appreciate all the different translations. Some are not so good. Uh, some are right on, but none of them can, can really, uh, take the place of the original language. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So I would just, yeah, encourage you, encourage you to, um, um, uh, do some Greek and the word study, and if you get the book, the person and the power, uh, the the fifty-two week devotional, seven-day week Bible study. If you get that, what you're going to be invited to do is going to be a lot of word study. You're going to be doing a lot of Greek and Hebrew word study, especially Greek, since we're in the Book of Acts during that devotional that whole year, taking you through the Book of Acts. Um, but if you're if if I just encourage you, just become comfortable and become aware of what the Greek and the Hebrew language says, all right? So, again, specifically, it means to quarrel and to strive. A little bit further, uh, as you do a little bit further studying, it means also, uh, if you do just a little bit deeper study, to abide in, to dwell, all right? And it also can mean um, to be humbled, to be humbled. So, all those words put together, uh, I think, help us understand this picture that the Spirit of God, is, is, is striving with man and is quarreling with man. All right, So let's take a look at some, um, uh, some other passages in the Old Testament. And yes, we're going to actually end in the New Testament here today. So take a look at Isaiah 63.10. Uh, we'll read this, uh, and then if we need to go into context, we will. But just take a look at what this says in Isaiah 63.10. Um, and again, God speaking through the, the prophet Isaiah verse 10, but they, the people of the people of Israel, rebelled against him, I love this, listen to this, they rebelled against Him, God, and grieved His holy Spirit. Now listen to this, and he became their enemy, and he fought against them. So they rebelled against Him, Yahweh, and they quarreled with, that same word grieved as that word din, and uh, that we find in Genesis 6: three, same Hebrew word, and grieved the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. So he, meaning now Yahweh, became their enemy, and the understood He is the Holy Spirit, contended or quarreled against them, or strived with them. Look at that. So you see two persons of the Trinity right here in verse 10. That's amazing. That's amazing. God, it's just crazy, and here's the Old Testament speaking clearly of the of the Holy Spirit. All right, all right. Um, so then, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, the next verse in Zechariah. Uh, here in Zechariah uh, 12. In Zechariah 12, you guys again a similar uh, similar setup. Uh, the prophet is is declaring uh, to his people. And as he declares to the people, he has a, uh, he has a word. And, and the word uh, is a hard word because of hard-heartedness and because of stubbornness. So again, Genesis, Genesis uh, Zechariah 7, 12. All right? And again, we'll look at context if we need to here. But um, they made their hearts as hard as stone. So they could not hear the instructions or the messages that the Lord of heaven's armies had sent them. Look at this by his spirit through the earlier prophets. That is why the Lord of heaven's armies was so angry with them. This word angry now is another is, is now contending with them. So there again it's, a, it's it's another word, it's another translation from the, the, the word that we find here in Genesis 6:3 with it called you know the word din. Um, but contending, quarreling, striving. This is why the Lord of Heaven's armies were so angry, or so striving, or so quarrelsome with them. Why? Because they made their hearts as hard as stone. They didn't listen to the instructions or the messages that the Lord's armies had sent to listen, had sent them by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. So, And we see this in Hebrews as well. We see this a different couple different places in the New Testament where all the prophets operated by the power of what? Ruach. Somebody say Ruach. Now to really say it, you got to cough at the end. Ruach. But but Ruach is the breath of God or the spirit of God. And the word is where the word today is we apparently the people have been striving, right? They've been striving and contending and unfortunately quarreling with the spirit of God. All right. So let's take a look. Let's finish up here in the in the New Testament real quick. We got about 3 minutes here to to, to jump into the New Testament. Uh, I think We can do it. Here we go. Uh, Galatians. Let's go Galatians 5. Incredible passage here. Galatians 5.17. And this, I think, as as close as any... Other passage that pairs up with Genesis 6, 3, this one does it right here. This is Paul. uh, He's talking about the nature of sin, the nature of flesh, and the nature of the Spirit. And, of course, he's about ready to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. He's just finishing talking about the fruit of the flesh, right? So, Paul's talking about the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit, and here it is, right here. Here's this tension. Here's this powerful, wonderful, horrible tension between the sinful nature that wants to do evil, verse 17, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature requires. Look at this. These two forces are constantly fighting. Look at that. Constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Um, so this this, word, this phrase, constantly fighting, is a transliteration. Of course, this is Greek because it's the New Testament, but it's a trans word that goes back to the root of you got it, the word that we find in Genesis 6.3, striving, contending, and quarreling. Say those three words, striving, contending, and quarreling. So our sinful nature is always quarreling with the Spirit of God and not wanting and, and and that's what what keeps us from doing what God wants us to do and we do what we want to do. Can anyone think of Romans 7? Come on, that at, that classic passage. Why do I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I do, do want to do and all that. Let's go to Ephesians 4:30 and we'll wrap up with one more. And listen to what Paul says to the church of Ephesus. He says, "And do not bring sorrow to God's holy spirit by the way you live." Remember, he has identified you as his own. He, by the way, is the spirit of God. Now, we'll look at this later, but the, the New Testament, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma. Pneuma, one of the words. Anybody know? Anybody think? Come on, come on, come on. Pneuma. Pneumonia. Pneumonia now is a disease of the breath. Pneuma means breath. All right. So, uh, he the breath of god has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption your your translation would probably say do not grieve the holy spirit but that word grieve you got it is indeed a uh, it's a transliterated word from the hebrew to the greek that from that very same word in he in genesis 6:3 all right final final word final uh uh final passage in acts 7:51 this is stephen preaching his sermon. He's about ready to be martyred. And and here he is. He says, You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart, meaning hard-hearted. Think about what you just read in Zechariah. And deaf to the truth, must you forever resist, quarrel, contend, strive with the Holy Spirit. That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Final word, stop striving. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you never quarrel with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you not strive with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you not contend with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to make you soft and tender and receptive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do not let the Holy Spirit, do not make the Holy Spirit strive with you or quarrel with you. Give in. Let the Holy Spirit have His way. Amen? Be blessed. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.